Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. I'm Mary Kay Cabot. And I'm Scott Fatsko. And this is it, the last one of training camp. We've done one almost every single day that we've been out here. I think there was maybe one day that we didn't do one. So look at us. Uh, this will be podcast number 18, I believe, from training camp. So uh, we're going to do it the same way we've been doing it, six topics. And we're going to take a broad look back at training camp and, and throw all of these topics out there. Uh, I guess I'm up first today. So... Um, Let's see, I'm going to go with, I guess, Baker Mayfield, right? This has been Baker Mayfield's training camp. He's been the big name coming in. It really felt like he owned this training camp really from day one. You go back, he was yelling at wide receivers, not running scramble drills. Today, he's standing next to kickers as they're, as they're lining up kicks. Um, it, it's Baker Mayfield's world out here in Berea, and, and everybody else is just kind of living in it. Welcome to life with a franchise quarterback. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. He is the man. I mean, he has taken over this team. He is the leader that they expect him to be and want him to be. I see him coaching up receivers after all kinds of, uh, you know, when they'll, if they misconnect on a play or something like that, he's got that guy over on the sidelines and they're talking about what went wrong. Like you mentioned, Dan, uh, he yelled at, it was basically Odell. You know, that takes some guts. He yelled at <laughs> Odell uh, about not coming back to him on a, on a scramble drill. Uh, he he really has taken ownership of this offense on the field, in the meeting room, and everywhere else. Yeah, it is like you said, having a franchise quarterback has just totally changed the dynamic here because no longer is everybody wondering, or we're not counting reps, you know? <laughs> Anybody ever pay attention to how many reps Baker took with the first-team offense? No. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely in control, and I think he even said it how this year – in training camp, you know, he wasn't trying to move up the depth chart. He knew where he was so he could be more vocal. He could kind of assert himself a little more, kind of build off what he did uh, in the locker room, you know, from what we saw at the end of last year. So, you know, it's, it's I think, a natural progression. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to keep writing about Baker being the starting quarterback. And and there's little things, too. Um, I actually meant to bring this up a couple days ago when we were talking about Odell. Um, I started to notice Baker Mayfield during individual work you know, Odell always kind of lined up last with wide receivers, so it would go, you know, usually good on the depth chart, but every now and again, again a guy will line up last. And Baker would kind of go through his reps with the first few guys. Then we would go Drew Stanton, and then Garrett Gilbert. And no matter where Baker was, when Odell came back up to line, Baker ran back and took that rep. So it's things like that, too, just kind of that knowledge of, I've got to get on the same page with this guy. We haven't had a lot of opportunities. I'm going to take every rep that I can with him. 
having that stability and, and just knowing who that guy's going to be really does change things. Yeah, it, it really does. And I think the other thing to think about and to, to talk about with Baker Mayfield is the fact that uh, he just looks so darn good throwing the football. <laughs> I mean, it's so accurate. It's uh, The ball just has amazing spin on it. I mean, he, he we, you know, we forget, in addition to everything else, I mean, he's just one hell of a football player, and that really shows up out there. And I think he's going to play faster, a lot faster even this year than he did last year because of the mental part of the game. And, and he's going to carry some of these receivers onto this team again. I mean, yeah. Jalen Strong is probably going to make this roster, and a lot of it's going to be because he spent so much time playing with Baker Mayfield. Uh, it's, it's, he might end up making this 53-man roster now. Scott, you're up next. Um, let's talk about uh, talent depth. We've we've spent a lot of time this training camp talking about uh, wide receivers, but not just necessarily Odell and Jarvis and uh, Rashard Higgins. It's those guys at the bottom of the depth chart. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about the backup uh, defensive ends. Who's in there on the second team? Uh, who's getting reps second team linebacker? You know, who's coming in uh, in nickel and dime packages for uh, for for the defensive backfield? So the starting group on this team is so well set that we're, we're you know we, we spend so much time talking about down the depth chart things that we're not going to talk about again once the season starts how many how many uh snaps is Jalen Strong going to get if he makes this team probably not a ton uh so that's I think that's the biggest difference between the Browns today and the Browns the last few years yeah and on top of that they just brought in a another wide receiver today yep. in Braxton, Braxton Miller, Miller who you're writing about today and you have written some about today Scott and we talked to him uh, but like you said you know when you start getting to you know into those back tier guys you really have to wonder how much they're going to play now Antonio Callaway has opened up the poss- some possibilities for other guys yeah. to get some playing time like Damian Ratley and Derek Willies and those guys um, but for the most part you, you have a really good solid core of four starting receivers and, and some of the really great stories that in years past would make the roster and you know, then get cut in week five or six when you realize maybe that guy's not the player we thought he was. These guys not, might not even make it out of, you know, next Saturday. Uh, Dearness Johnson's a guy like that. Uh, Damon Sheehy Giuseppe. Um, a, a lot of guys that are going to be on that roster bubble that in years past would play their way onto the roster somehow because the talent just wasn't there. A lot of these guys are just putting out film for other teams now so that on that Sunday they can get claimed or during the week they can get claimed, end up on a practice squad, something like that. Um, there, there aren't a lot of spots to interview on the interview for on this roster, so they're uh, they're interviewing for everybody when, when they're putting this tape out there. Mary Kay, topic three. You know, I'm going to go with Miles Garrett. I mean, he just took over and dominated this camp. Greg Robinson needs this camp to break, doesn't he? Yeah. He, I mean, he just had a load, a beast on his hands for the last 19 practices. Uh, it's just been unbelievable. Uh, Miles has lost 10 pounds. He's so fast off the edge. He's on a mission. He's being taught very, very well and fundamentally by Tosh Lupoy, who we got a chance to talk to today a little bit. And he's different. He's different. There's something that's that I haven't seen in Miles the first two years. I'm seeing it now, and I think we'll see it on the field. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about it when we first kind of got here, too. The guy just looks different, you mm-hmm. know, and, of course, we, we come to find out he's lost 10 pounds, but... I mean, he just looks, he still looks like the big ripped miles that mm-hmm. we know, but he also looks a little sleeker. He looks a little trimmer somehow. I don't know how he got trimmer. <laughs> I don't know what he trimmed off, but somehow he got trimmer. Um, it, you just see the look of a guy that, 
amongst other huge men, just looks completely different than them. Looks bigger than them and faster than them and stronger than them. And he is absolutely poised for a breakout. Yeah, we, we don't know how much playing time the starters are going to get uh, against um, against the Buccaneers, but I'm kind of hoping that, that we see more of him because we basically saw one drive of him in the very first preseason game, and he created a bit of a havoc then. <laughs> you know, he, he caused a holding penalty, which I think was declined because it was incomplete, uh, an incomplete pass, but uh, they had a, a rough time with him in that series. So seeing him kind of for a long period of time, I think that that's going to be something to watch because we're not going to see – we know we're not going to see Odell out there with the offense. I think looking at that defensive line and getting an extended look at them and knowing that the rest of the quarterbacks on the Browns' schedule are going to get a good look at them, uh, that's something I'm, I'm hoping to see. Although, I, you know, I'm guessing he's not going to play in this game just because, he, yeah, he sat out this week with an illness. He was back out there today, but I think that was in part because it was almost a walkthrough today. Yeah. They had no pads on today. It was a shorter practice. Uh, and he also got a little banged up, as we know, against the Colts. So I'm thinking that there's a chance we won't see him, but I think he's done enough this camp. I'm still not sure we're going to see much of these starters on, yeah. on Friday. I know Freddie said that, that guys are going to play, but he also left the door open on a case-by-case basis to sit guys out. Uh, so I think even if they do play, it might look more like traditionally what we see in a first preseason game as yep. opposed to a third. Uh, my fourth is going to be buy your Nick Chubb stock. Uh, or maybe it's too late. Maybe his stock is already too high because he has, if you're listing players that probably deserve camp MVP, you know, it probably wouldn't. Maybe we'd give it to Miles or Baker or somebody like that, but Nick Chubb would have to be on that list. He has looked fantastic all camp. He's patient, but when he makes a decision, he puts that foot in the ground and he goes. He's explosive. It doesn't look like those last however many games he started last year after the Carlos Hyde trade were any sort of fluke. Um, I, I think he's going to have an absolutely enormous year, especially because when they start the season, as of right now, Dontrell Hilliard is your backup. And Dontrell Hilliard has never carried the football in an NFL game. So, you know, Nick Chubb is going to get a big workload early, and I think he's going to put up huge numbers. Nick Chubb might be in trouble because <laughs> uh, Stump Mitchell found out today that Nick Chubb and the rest of the running backs call him the wizard because of his beard. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Stump said some people are going to be in trouble. <laughs> so we might not see Nick Chubb again. We don't know. But, yeah, definitely I think you can tell that uh, he's somebody who's coming into this camp wanting to, wanting to build off last season. And of all the people who maybe have a little, maybe a little chip on their shoulder, it could be Nick Chubb because the Browns bring in Kareem Hunt earlier in the year. Um, you know, if you're – the feature back on this team, and the team brings in a guy who led the league in rushing, um, that might affect you a little bit. So that maybe that fire lights, you know, lights yeah. a fire in them. Yeah, I, I think it has in some ways. Uh, the thing that one of the things that I think about when I think about Nick Chubb this summer is the fact that he really was the workhorse. I mean, they did not have Kareem for a long time in this camp because of a groin injury. They mm-hmm. never had Duke Johnson in this camp because of a hamstring injury. Dontrell Hilliard ended up with a hamstring injury recently, uh, and the one constant has been Nick Chubb going out there day after day after day. And I worried about him a little bit. I thought, this is too much. I mean, you need to, like, give this guy a break. And they did hold him out of the Colts game, which was good. Uh, But he has been just relentless. And we saw how he ran for the 65-yard touchdown against the Colts. But on every other play... 
in Indianapolis, after the whistle, he's still running to the end zone. <laughs> I mean, he just never gave, gave up mm-hmm. this whole entire camp. I definitely would give him MVP of the camp. And and his big playability is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Oakland game had two huge runs. Of course, he had the 92-yarder against the Falcons. When he gets out in the open field, yeah. he, he can turn a, a eight-yard gain into a 50, 60-yard touchdown. Um, he's, the, he's that kind of difference maker. Scott, number five. Uh, let's talk about rookies. Um, you know, with the exception of Donnie Lewis Jr., just about every rookie has been a pretty big storyline in this camp and have gotten first-team reps at times. Um, obviously, Austin Seibert's challenging for the kicking jolt role, but you know, Drew Forbes comes out of nowhere and, and is in the conversation for right guard, mm-hmm. uh, and, the, and the coaches are talking him up. You know, Sheldrick Redwine got some first-team reps. I know there yep. was uh, some people missing, but even beyond that, you have a, a solid layer of second-team players there that were drafted this year that seem to be, from what we've seen so far, capable of doing the job yep. in a backup role. And that's that's got to be good to know that, you know, you're coming out of the gate with, with some quality there. Yeah. Now, it was a little disappoint- disappointing that Sione Takitaki got injured because right. I think he was having a pretty good camp. And he has kind of come back to the pack a little bit because he suffered a hamstring injury against the Colts. He missed really good work. In Indy, he missed that game. You know, he would have played a ton in that game, and he would play. He he would have played a ton in Tampa too, mm-hmm. and so I think that's disappointing. I think that's a little bit of the adversity that Freddie's talking about when he talks about he wants his team to suffer some adversity to to get beat up a little bit and be able to overcome that. I think that's one of the things. But Mac Wilson, you know, he's been tremendous. Uh, he needs to be more consistent on a down for down basis, but mm-hmm. shows a knack and nose for the football. Greedy Williams needs to step it up again. He's not in the starting lineup right now and might not be on opening day. And I think the really good news for the Browns is they don't have to count on any of these guys. Right. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, you mentioned Drew Forbes. Maybe he ends up winning that right guard job, so that kind of puts him more in that spotlight. But you're not looking at any of these rookies and saying, that guy has to produce week one. Some of these guys we might not see a lot of until next year. I, you know, I think we will probably see these linebackers more. I, I think we will see Greedy Williams on the field eventually. Um, but the Browns aren't looking at any of these rookies and saying, we have to get something out of this guy. Unless and, you're and Austin Seibert and you win the kicking job. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Okay, we'll give you that one. But uh, everybody else, it's kind of like, okay, if they win a job, great. Yeah. But if not... It's not the end of the world because there's so much veteran depth on this team. They had to fight against guys who are established and, and that this team brought in to start anyway. Yep. Yeah. All right, topic six, Mary Kay. Topic six, I'm going to go with Odell Beckham Jr. He came into this camp and, you know, we knew that we didn't have to worry about missing OTAs. We didn't have to worry about him missing the voluntary minicamp because he had all of training camp to get his mojo down with <laughs> Baker Mayfield to learn the nuances of this new offense of his for the coaches to know him and Baker to know him Uh, so it was not going to be an issue well Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't participated in a padded team drill since August 6th and even before that he had he had missed a lot so he's missed the bulk of team periods in this training camp the Browns are trying to downplay it they don't think it's an issue whatsoever I even asked Freddie today is that some of the adversity you're talking about and he said no he doesn't classify it as that. He's getting his work in somehow, some way. Maybe they just have him in bubble wrap. Maybe they <laughs> just really want to keep him healthy for the season, and there are no issues whatsoever with you know anything like that in terms of health. We hear it's a hip. You know who really knows what the deal is there. 
but I maintain, and again, I'm sure he's going to go out in the first game and have 222 yards <laughs> and yeah. four touchdown catches. I'm sure that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but I still think that, uh, you know, even in talking to Peyton Manning recently, he talks about the importance of repping it over and over and over between a quarterback and a receiver. And I, I do wish that those guys would have had a little bit more time together. Yeah, and I, I don't know that you'll notice it. Because, like you said, he could come out in the first game, and like it wouldn't be surprising if he had eight catches, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Right. And, right. But some the areas where, it's, where you're going to notice it is, you know, I've said it on here before, on third and two, you know, maybe he's not where Baker expects him to be. Um, in the red zone, maybe him and Baker aren't on the same page. It's going to be little things like that where they really need to build that chemistry and wrap that chemistry. And you're going to see some throws here and there where Baker throws it here and Odell's over there. Um, he can still put up big numbers. He can still have a great season without that the type of chemistry that like Baker has with Rashard Higgins. But there's going to be some little things they miss on. And you just kind of hope it doesn't come in a big moment. You hope it doesn't come when you need to convert a third down uh, to keep the football or, or keep a, a game-winning drive going or turn a... 50-yard field goal into a 35-yard field goal. Um, that, that's kind of when you hope that those little things don't kind of pop up. I think working in the Browns' favor is all the other talent that they have on on the offense. Yeah. They don't need Odell to go out and have a 200-yard game. You know? right. and, and he's going to create problems even when he's not getting the ball thrown to him, uh, opening up lanes and, and, and passing routes and stuff forever with people. So even if it takes a while for them to get on the same page, I think they, they work through that. And like you said earlier about all the depth and talent on this team, um, it's a good problem to have. And, and this is one of maybe the uh, the benefits. And that, yep. you know. But seeing him every day uh, here in individual drills, he certainly seems fine. Because <laughs> yes. every day on Twitter there's a video of some miraculous one-handed catch yes. that he made between the legs or whatever yeah. the case is. So. Yep. Um, his hands work fine. We know that. He'll be fine. I do think he will ultimately be fine because of his amazing talent and because of Baker's amazing accuracy. Baker's going to find him, and he's going to catch him. We're all out here trying to go viral whenever <laughs> Odell Beckham is lined yeah. up for individual right. drills. Uh, well, there you heard it. A dump truck. We had to get one in right before we could uh, right before we could wrap up. So that will do it for this edition. Wait a of, minute. Oh, extra point. I'm going for going two. for two. Going okay. for two. There's two things real quick. We cannot leave a camp wrap out with, without mentioning wrap up without mentioning the kickers. Mm. Okay. Just very briefly, we're heading into the third preseason game without a starting kicker or a starting right guard, and it's a mild concern. We've been talking about it every single day. But we'll see if they come out of this game with their man at those positions. Really interesting that Baker Mayfield was, I think we mentioned this earlier, was just standing and staring at the kickers at the end of a a walkthrough period when they were setting up field goals. And Baker stood there and stared at each one, um, putting a little pressure on them. You know, when they started the field goal period, they had Britton Colquitt doing all the holding. And they had, I think Greg Joseph went first, and then Austin Seibert. And I half expected... The Scottish Hammer to walk up and, and take some, yeah. and take some. Like he he walked he walked over to the to the spot, and it wasn't clear what they were doing, but he, he came on to hold. So yeah. there was no uh, sixty yard field goal from from Jamie Gillen today, but who knows? You never know. What's our second point? It was right guard. Oh, okay. Right guard. Right guard. Just heading into this game, uh, still once again not being hundred percent certain, but as we as we do know, James Campen, the O line coach, hopes to come out of this game. With his starting right guard, it almost seems like it's going to be Eric Cush at this point, uh, but Drew Forbes will make a push. 
We want to put everybody on ice for the Great Lakes Classic. Yeah. So you want that game to be decided by Dearness Johnson and yep. Kyle Kalis and yes. I don't know whoever else uh, whoever else is available for that fourth preseason game and nobody that's going to matter when this team opens the season uh, on September 8th. Okay, that will do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. For Scott and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.